Welcome to Raising Nashville. I'm Bucky. Juice Box. And we are back on this fine Monday with an all-new episode for you guys. We're going to go ahead and title this episode, Hey, you want to buy this? Because <laughs> we couldn't think of anything else. And full disclosure, before we even go into it, I want to say, if you hear anything weird, we are back out on the porch recording as a precaution since coronavirus is flaring up everywhere the weather is nice what's remaining of the birds are chirping it feels great to be back outside uh staying safe and also you know just switching it up a bit yeah it is nice to get out of that stinky old room which i apologize it probably smells like dirty laundry and kids toys that's okay that's it reminds me of my basement um this week we have a very special episode for you guys a huge special guest uh he is one of the Hottest, youngest, fastest rising stars in the Nashville real estate market. You can find him at justinfloydhomes.com and all over socials. It might be something that uh, arrives at your mailbox from time to time as well. Justin, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on and being able to spend some time with us talking about the uh, somewhat popular Nashville housing market. For sure. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Somewhat popular. I feel like that's an understatement. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's insane to think that not only a pandemic, not only an election year, not only, you know, the tornadoes that happened in February, right. all of this stuff that is going on in 2020 has not, from what I can read and research, slowed down the Nashville housing market whatsoever. No, not at all. So in March, it seems like everybody had... Um, they were predicting what's going to happen. We're shutting down. So around Nashville, it was more like, okay, are we going to have a crash? No, not a crash. Maybe we'll flatten out. Or it could be a crash. Who knows? A uh, lot of predictions, and nobody I paid attention to seemed to think that it was going to be doing this. Um, and it's doing this not just in Nashville, nationally for the most part, and around the world. That's that's crazy. And I can't attribute it to anything other than – I mean, is it because people aren't going out and spending money and they're and able to save during these times and get to that, you know, down payment that they really want on that house? Also, people are working from home a lot more these days. So are they looking for bigger houses that potentially have that room that they can build an office in or that bonus room that they can shove their kids in while they're virtually learning and you're trying to do anything at all? It's a combination of all of those plus more. So, yeah, people are spending more time at home, and they're suddenly realizing, damn, we need more space, all these kids, or I'm working from home now permanently. I need a home office. I want a home gym because I don't want to go to the gym because it's scary. And then, yeah, people are saving money, not going out. They're not going on as many vacations. They're not going to shows. They're getting stimulus checks, which are helping them if they've lost a job that for briefly that may have helped them. Uh, pay that mortgage payment, and so they're not going to go into foreclosure or be forced to sell. Um, so they're spending their stimulus payments probably better than uh, I did, which was on like an arcade game or something. <laughs> hey, that's how it's supposed to work. It's stimulating yeah, it's the to economy. Yeah, the economy, right? Let me jump in and play devil's advocate here a little bit, because some things I'd been hearing is like there are people that had lost their houses, and then you have like these giant conglomerates that are like coming in and buying up a lot of houses 
just as like part of their portfolio and becoming like rental. I don't want to say slumlords, but you, you know what I'm saying, like mm-hmm. giant rental companies. Have you seen much of that around town? So around Nashville, that's been a thing. I mean, companies have been buying houses in Nashville uh, for a while now, so that's nothing new. But uh, um, a guess on why the housing market, another reason, is because of low interest rates. So low interest rates are intended to attract new buyers, right. um, which m- millennials are, are coming up and they're, being, they're, they're all buying their first homes now. Uh, but also, when interest rates are really low to buy a house, then you have in, other investments don't look nearly as attractive. So maybe instead of investing on this commercial thing, you start buying multifamily or single-family residential to rent out. And then you get into this whole, while the, while the real estate market is hot, the, the rental market is, is teetering on something, and we don't know what it's going to look like in January. Sure. And it, it, it's all since what the 2009 recession. I mean, and since 2010, uh, you know, from what I've read, you know, we've become the 13, 13th largest increase in home prices in the country. Uh, the state of Tennessee has. I mean, Nashville obviously I think is a bit higher on that list. Um, but we've all seen it, right? All the stories, and we've said on this podcast before. For those listening to us today, you could be potentially one of the 100 people that moved to Nashville every day. Now, I think that was 2018 numbers, and now it's down to about 86, 85 people moved to Nashville every day. But you think that, you know, there's not enough inventory for these people moving here, right? So it kind of turns into a seller's market, which it has been for quite a while. I remember when I sold my house in East Nashville when we found out we were having a kid and we moved to Madison, I felt like I was robbing somebody when I put that price up and somebody accepted it within four hours. Right. Like, and I remember calling my real estate agent, which wasn't Justin Floyd, but I would use him in the future. And I I said to her, the first thing that came out of my mouth was obviously we priced it too low. If somebody accepted within four hours, she goes, no, that's the game. Like you, it's almost impossible if you're not on this house that just got listed to get it. Helping buyers right now is a full contact sport. Uh, Things go quickly if they're priced correctly, even they go quickly if they're priced pretty aggressively. Um, so the the inventory issue, uh, for example, Nashville beat last October in sales by 17%. That's despite having, let's see, how many listings did we have this October? It was around 11,000 last October. Uh-huh. This October was around 7,000. And yet we increase sales by 17%. Is that the price increase or the number of houses sold? That Oh, so the number of houses sold is a 17% increase. And then the, um, the inventory is, is the big difference. There's such less inventory. And that's so, including uh, houses, multifamily, land, farms. So 4,000 less units for sale, but still 17% higher sales. Yep. That's crazy. Especially in, I mean... You know, Nashville is bouncing back from the, you know, March, April, May shutdown or whatever, but still, like, it's nowhere near what it was. Like, they're finally, like, up in the capacity of restaurants to, what, like, 75% now or something like that, but still, it's like, there's no, hardly any live music. It's it's just amazing that there's still, that people are still able to buy a house through this. And it is, to me, it's insane. Not only, you know, this market, but to be... Uh, and let's touch on this a little bit to be a real estate agent in this market because it's almost like shooting fish in a barrel. It seems like it, but obviously you're competing against other real estate agents to get that house for your buyers. 
How long have you been doing this? So I've been in property management and real estate, I mean, close to 10 years, selling real estate full-time uh, for about three years now. Okay, during the hottest part of the Nashville market. Yeah. Like you came in right when, you know, the time was right. And and you touched on that pandemic thing where they tried to predict what 2020 was going to be like, and they got it wrong. Like so many industries have during this pandemic because you have to predict for the worst, right? I read something that said, you know, they forecasted 0.3% uh, growth in the real estate market, and it was more like 3.7%. And that's like 5,000 times. Mm -hmm. like, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. That I, I just, I, I, I don't want to harp on this, but it blows me away that this huge thing is going on. Unemployment's at an all-time high. People are taking pay cuts left and right. But you have to balance that by they're not spending any money. And it's, it, to me, I would just think that, no, people aren't buying houses. They're trying to hold on to their houses. They're trying to make mortgage payments or rent payments or, you know, just stay with their head above water. And that's just not the case. So I had to dive into it. Why is our market blowing up? It's because people are moving here because they're getting away from places that are more expensive, that have higher tax rates that, you know, I, I started to look into it. There are five main things that people move to Tennessee for. One, the quality of life, low cost of living here, uh, opportunities for economic expansion, which, you know, Justin touched on just a moment ago. And then two interesting facts is we're one of seven states that do not impose an income tax. And that's why you hear a lot of, I think, sports people want to play for the Titans or the Preds because they're not just getting taxed, you know, on those millions of dollars they're making. Companies want to move here because of the tax breaks. Right. Uh, but we are one of two states that do not collect tax on earned income, um, which to me, that's just, it, it's fair. I get it. But why, you know, why are we not all with other 48 states of, you know, collecting tax on earned income? Well, I mean, I think, don't we have like the highest sales tax in like, of all 50 yeah, states. Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty high sales. So that's how it, I guess that's yeah. their reason of bouncing out, which I don't totally mind. I, I mean, I'd have to look at the like find the details of the numbers, but it feels like that's better because it's taxing you on what you're actually spending rather than what you're earning. You sure. know what I'm saying? So like the more you buy, the more tax you have to pay. That's kind of feel, feels like the right way to do it. But I want to jump back on the tax thing real quick. So you're saying like even after these tax hikes that everybody in town is so it's a 34% so worked up over we still are paying some of the lower taxes in the United States correct yeah you look at you look at cities of similar to Nashville size Nashville has such low property taxes yep still despite this huge increase which was done at a incredibly uh, inconvenient time. Right. Nashville's property taxes are really low, and and the only the fourth highest in the state. Sure, my wife, uh, she's from Illinois, like you know, just south of Chicago and kind of farmland area. And those houses in that area are, you know, there, there's not another house for half a mile, and those houses are cheap, right? You could get a house for 150 grand. Now the problem is, I talk to them, I go to family functions and holidays, and they're all saying we're going to move to Tennessee one of these days. Because we're paying, you know, eight, ten, twelve, fifteen thousand dollars a year in property taxes. What city is this? Uh, in Illinois, like oh, yeah. Beecher, Illinois, like yeah. nowhere, Illinois. They're paying these insane property taxes per year, and you come down here, and I think what our property taxes last year were sixteen hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're paying fifteen grand. Um, so I could see the attraction to moving to the state of Tennessee, 
uh, and Nashville being the biggest booming city in the state. So, Justin, I understand that you have some information on forbearance. You were talking to us before the podcast started. We still don't really understand what that is. Yeah, this podcast just makes me feel dumb sometimes. <laughs> it's, not, it's not what it's supposed to do. I, I, so when, when this started, the government said, hey, if you can't pay your mortgage, cool. You, will, you, can, you can do forbearance on your mortgage. Uh, and the number initially was super high. Uh, so far, it's it went down. It's gone down four hundred thousand in October. And so, so let me stop you there. Is is that where you can just push your payments to later on? Yes. Like you and just you need, tag it onto the back end. You need no proof that you lost a job or there's a hardship. You just say, I need to f- do this. Uh, granted, it, it's not all. It's not all great. You can't be buying other properties while you're in forbearance. Sure. Um, but but, but the, your thirty year loan turns into a thirty one year loan basically. Sure. Okay. And so some people are saying, "Oh my gosh, when when the forbearance runs up, we are screwed." And and I don't think that's really the case. So right now there are two point eight million people in forbearance nationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, when I pulled the stats earlier a couple weeks ago, it was three point four million. So we're uh, people are getting all forbearance. That's five percent of mortgages in the country are in forbearance right now. There are 53 million mortgages in the U.S. Wow. Uh, But the good thing is, if all of these people, uh, they're not going to, um, they're not going to sell their houses or go into um, foreclosure immediately Mm -hmm. at at the same day. If that happened, it would be bad. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's a pretty significant number if that many people just went into foreclosure. If they went into foreclosure, yes, it would be terrible. But the good thing is, the market is so hot almost everywhere that people have built up so much equity in their house. The bank, they don't want your house. They right. want you to sell it before you foreclose. So these people could sell their houses if, let's say, there's a group of people who have low equity in their houses. That's typically VA uh, people who did VA loans and FHA loans. Mm-hmm. Um, they have very little equity, to start at least. So yeah. let's say they all um, went into foreclosure that would put us at a normal inventory, and that's not going to happen. Gotcha. Um, so the good thing is all of these people have built up equity in their houses, and it doesn't seem like a doomsday scenario coming down the road. Yeah. I really appreciate uh, – I, I did sign up for justinfloydhomes.com, the uh, email newsletter type thing that you send out every month that tells me – estimated value of my home, what the market is, how much the increase is, how much if I sold my house today. My favorite is, if you sold your house today, you would have this much in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, all right, I can just imagine my pocket like, with this much money in South it. South Florida, here I come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but those are... Uh, those are really cool things and tools to have, you know, when you have a real estate agent. Cause I guess back in the day, it's just, you know, your aunt or uncle, uh, really liked this house and wanted to sell it for you. And they took their what, 3% or 5% or whatever it is. And, uh, but now you've got to get a little bit more strategic than your, you know, down home person selling your house. Right. For sure. Um, you've got to know where the hot parts of the market are, where you anticipate houses coming up for sale. I have to ask this because it's been on our minds for a while, you know, after the 1998 tornadoes tore through East Nashville. And at that part, that was one of the worst parts of the city to live in. Right. It was, it was just known for high crime. It was known for, you know, that's a part of the town. If you're from Nashville, when your parents drove you through East Nashville, you always locked your doors. Like that was just a thing. So the 1998 tornadoes come through 
couple years later, all of a sudden, all these homes that were knocked down by the tornadoes are being rebuilt. Now, East Nashville is probably one of the hottest parts of Nashville. A couple of years ago, I remember hearing the same thing about North Nashville, but I haven't heard very much since. Uh, how How is that going? I'm sure people want to know. Oh, people are moving there for sure. You can get a, a new build uh, at a less price than you would in East Nashville or Englewood. Mm-hmm. Or if you're looking at certainly the Nations or, or up mm-hmm. in, in Charlotte Park, you can get that house cheaper in North Nashville. And there are cool places still coming. It's just... It's just uh, slow going, and you want to be respectful of the people who have made that neighborhood really desirable, um, and not, not That's displace a be- people. Yeah, no, I agree though. But you have because you have you can't just destroy the neighborhood like that's. That's part of the charm of it, I guess. Yeah. Um, and that area of town, like Jefferson Street, we've done a podcast on it before. Like it's already been abused by the city and yep. totally up, you know, torn up. So with that said, do you think this 2020 tornado that we had in uh, February that ravished way more than just a part of Nashville? I mean, this thing stretched, what, 60-something miles, you know, across Middle Tennessee, took out areas of Mount Juliet, uh, I think Donaldson, East Nashville, downtown, going to kind of the west side of the city and then on to, like, Cookville even. Do you think that this is going to be an opportunity for another kind of housing boom, right? Because I look at it and I say... Uh, The buyers really took advantage of people in East Nashville back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Buyers are going to take advantage, right? If somebody's roof got knocked off and they can't get insurance money or they can't, you know, get that roof replaced, they're going to go ahead and sell that house for cheap, take the money and run type scenario. Then it's going to be flipped. Then, you know, it's going to be sold for a ridiculous amount, turning the neighborhood upside down. But the people who didn't, and this is what I want to make sure to say is the people whose houses didn't get affected they're about to see this increase in their home value for nothing because the houses around them are getting bought up and torn down and rebuilt i think in some areas for sure uh we we did clean up in um an area by tsu and uh and man the whole neighborhood was it was pretty much leveled um so i imagine that neighborhood will be completely different and I haven't been there. I haven't been through there since March, but uh, it'll be different. But in in, Na- in East Nashville, Holly Street, for example, a lot of houses were leveled. But that's not going to change uh, how how expensive it is to live on Holly Street. Uh, it was expensive before the tornado. It's and, and you know it's so half torn down houses are still going for about a half a million. Dollars. <laughs> they are. They are. Yeah, I right. mean, people want them uh, for sure. Uh, I, I stayed out of all that. I don't. You know, there you heard of some uh, some people trying to go through there and buy houses in that week after, and that seemed too slimy to even get near. So uh, were those the guys that are on uh, the radio that like don't sell without the intel? Uh, all, all those people, probably. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> For, that that does suck because from what I understand, like we have some friends that live like right over there by Shelby Park, and their house got hit, and it was. They had just spent like a year like renovating their house, like they hadn't lived in it for six months since it's been renovated and then it got hit with a tornado um but they were just talking about how like a bunch of people around them were like vastly uninsured underinsured like they just didn't have the proper coverage to be hit by a tornado because it's not something you know it's something that happens every 30 years or whatever like a flood yeah Yeah. like i mean people got hit you know in 2010 with that flood yeah same type of thing and that's like that's why you know they're closer to shelby park so people were you know 
people were repairing their houses. It wasn't like people were coming in and gutting it. But there's a lot of smaller houses over there, and there's a lot of people that are not. Because there's still houses. We drove through there two weeks ago. There's still houses that don't have a roof. Yeah. And it's like, at this point, you know, six, eight months later, eight months later. Yeah. You're you cannot going to recover that house. Like, it's mm-hmm. already destroyed. And mm-hmm. if you are one of the people who moved to Nashville, just be prepared around 2029, 20, 2030. Uh, something's going to happen. So, insurance up. Because it <laughs> seems like every 10 years in Nashville, something big happens Go ahead and, and get, it knocks us back down. Go ahead and get flood and tornado insurance. They and saying, recession insurance. You said, right? you said 2030. They're saying there's going to be an inventory issue nationally until probably about 2030. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, but in like inventory wise, is it, so I, you probably err on the side of us on this, but when you take a house or a property and you buy one and you knock that house down and you build two, which again is the annoying trend in Nashville. People have been talking about it for years. It's kind of, you know, at this point, I just don't care anymore. I did initially, you know, it's ruining the aesthetic of the neighborhood. It's houses are too close together. Um, how do you feel about that? Because that's adding inventory, right? Do you sell those houses? Have you yeah. sold a tall skinny? For sure. Okay. Uh, my thought is, if you don't like it, that's okay. Don't complain about home prices or living costs in Nashville and complain about development. Choose one or the other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. That's a very good point. The only complaint I really have is, like, it doesn't seem like the city prepared for the influx of, like, when there was one house on this plot and now there's two houses. Like, that's just going to create more sewage. That's going to create more runoff. That's going to create more traffic. It just doesn't seem like those problems are thought about very much. For sure. Yeah, um, there have definitely been issues with, like, stormwater and, and, and all that with um – with development like that we just want to grow we don't want to think about it right yeah. that's nashville has grown and all you hear is uh parking and roads like none of that got improved although you know our census from 10 years ago to now is you know almost three four hundred thousand more people and like, it's tough because people people our age don't want to live out for the not not everybody but there's a reason everybody wants to be near downtown because it's walkable and you can um, you don't have to it's, it's that's the thing it's walkable it's close to places you like whereas yeah. if you move to the burbs you move into the neighborhood that it, you know it's shaped like a like a tree where there's there's an, a main artery and then there's the runoffs but if there is a grocery as the crow flies like half a mile away you cannot walk there with within 30 minutes because you have sure. to zigzag through this tree of a neighborhood that doesn't even probably have sidewalks and so people got fed up with that and they moved closer to the city where it's a grid and you're close and it's um and it's convenient no i like that all right so what do you see what do you foresee the future being right everybody i was talking to a guy yesterday i was in a liquor store i was buying a bottle of uh liquor and i was talking to the manager security guard whatever he was and we're <laughs> so there's a, a guy with a gun <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he lives in murfreesboro he you know he moved out there a couple of years ago because the housing market's so bad or so you know unaffordable to him he kept talking and during this entire conversation about this bubble has to pop this bubble has to pop like you know we thought that 2020 would be the year when the pandemic hit that this would finally be over like we touched about earlier in the podcast but is 2021 the year that this happens is 2022 does it never happen 
Do, do we just continue to go on an upward trend? Well, it's not for going to forever go on an upward trend. Definitely not. It will fall at some point. Um, is it going to happen next year? Nobody's saying that it's going to. Look at the crane watch on Nashville Business Journal. It's one of my favorite things to do. It's got every single project. You click on a, a square on the map, and it'll tell you about that project. And all of these buildings have to be filled. There are a lot of people moving here still. Mm-hmm. Um so the and and there are investors who are who would love for the market to crash. Sure. There there's such demand. It's not going to happen as far as we can see anytime soon. It feels like kind of the trend across the nation anyway is people moving to like the cities. Like people are moving out of the country for the most part. Like in in Nashville it seems like there's always going to be a demand, especially since we have like Amazon and other like bigger companies coming here. But it just feels like until people like get just totally fed up with the city and want to move back to the country, what's it's not going to slow down. Right. I agree. Um, you, you've got a couple places where people are moving out of the city, but that's rare, very rare. I think during the pandemic, it's been well documented. San Francisco, New York. Uh, Why is that? People are living on top of each other and it's really expensive. Sure, I get that. Yeah, <laughs> you I named s- like the two expensive, most expensive places in the country. Yeah, well, that's that's. The, I mean, f- pretty much all areas are growing, and and they're the ones who are whose uh, whose prices are not super increasing. Yeah, and Na- I mean Nashville's been on this trend for a while. Do you remember in I think it was what 2012 ish when they were building all those condos downtown and they couldn't fill the boxes. And they just started having fire sales. And now I wish I could go back to those days and have the foresight to say, I know nobody's buying these up, but I should probably buy this for 115 grand because yeah, yeah. in eight years I could sell it for three times that amount. Yeah, I, you, you can remember like a friend of ours bought his condo downtown and it was like uh, he's bought it for something so cheap and back then we were like he spent a hundred fifty five thousand dollars on, yeah. and on it, this one room yeah like yeah and it uh it it paid off for him i think from what i remember he was kind of mad that he did sell it and I, what was the reason he sold it is because they were going to build a building right next to his to where his view turned into no view anymore right yeah, it's gonna I mean, be he was another, just going to be looking directly into another condo it was and so he sells it but bef- tries to get rid of it before the construction starts to try to dupe somebody that they're not going to have to sit through this construction <laughs> And then he comes back after both buildings are done and it's flourishing downtown and he's just so pissed that he sold it then because if he would have hung on eight more months even, you know, he he could have almost doubled his money. He was also banished from the pool, so I think his time there was up regardless. <laughs> we do have great friends. <laughs> All right, so let's get into this. If I, I'm not, because again, I love getting these uh, email notifications once a month telling me that my house is constantly increasing in value. Yeah, that is nice. But if I wanted to sell my house, I mean, what are some of the things that I should be looking for now, uh, you know, looking to do uh, to make it a little bit more attractive? But from what we understand, you don't have to make it attractive at all. You can probably just leave your house a mess, and somebody's going to buy it sight unseen on the front on the front yard. So you know, it does seem like right now you could do just about anything and get it sold, but that's not entirely the case. Uh, painting is always a great idea. If you've got big bold colors in your house, paint it boring. They call it agreeable gray. Okay, uh, it's it's boring, but people are, can easier are can see themselves in your house. Sure. They can't when the, there's a bright green wall in there yeah dark a, green, i'll definitely have to do that in our house our 
the room that we usually record our podcast in is just like this bright blue color that I was just <laughs> no one. No one liked it. Dana didn't like it. No one liked it except for me. I was just like, screw you guys. I'm painting this car. It also doesn't look great in pictures on MLS. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it makes everything look like a lot smaller, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so painting is the biggest, easiest thing. And, sure. and and younger buyers want a house that is move-in ready. Yeah. You'll go on tour with people, and they'll be like, oh, we could redo this bathroom. And then six years later, they never redid the bathroom. Um, and those are the, the those are the big things. If you really want to improve your house, kitchen, bathrooms, those are the money makers. But that is such a big uh, undertaking. Yeah, that's kitchen a, is huge. That's a big investment. We just renovated our kitchen not too long, right, right when the pandemic started, not knowing that all this was going to happen. Invested all that money. Love the way the kitchen looks. I mean, it's it is. It pops. That's one of the ones. I think bathrooms is another thing, right? Yeah. Um, but you're saying like you know try to keep it simple. But the whole move in ready when you're taking people out on tour, do you go through this house and say this could be this? Do you try to paint a picture of something different, or do you just try to sell them the house as it is? It depends on what they're looking for. If they're looking for a fixer-upper, then absolutely. You're like, oh, you could take down this wall. and ex-. Yeah, you, you do that. But if they're looking, if you know that they're not handy and, and, and they have said, we just want something we can move in and get on with life, then mm-hmm. you kind of say, you all aren't going to like this kitchen. Yeah. Do you have people, like contractors and things, in your pocket? Absolutely, you, yeah. You suggest? Yes. And yeah. do those people give you kickbacks from that? No. No, no. It's just a relationship type thing, for sure. So maybe if they know some people looking to purchase or sell a home, they refer them back to mm-hmm. you. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's more important to refer good people so people, your clients, remember you fondly rather than being like <laughs> getting some like measly kickback from some. Uh, bad vendor. I was on your website earlier, and I did notice one of my favorite parts about your web page is uh, all the comments. And mm-hmm. at the at the top of the comments, it's just you wrote some words that say, "I didn't pay these people to say this stuff" or yes. something. Yes, <laughs> it's yeah. absolutely hilarious. So let me ask you this: like you talked about some stuff that you could do on the inside, like is redoing your landscaping or updating your landscaping. Is that something that's like could help? You know, I mean. At, it helps with the curb appeal, obviously, people driving by or whatever, but it's like, is that a worthwhile investment? Landscaping is so expensive, and if you do it yourself, it is really time-consuming and less expensive. Uh, if your yard is a friggin' mess, maybe, but uh, <laughs> otherwise, trim the bushes, cut the grass, put down some new mulch. That is super cheap. And, uh, and maybe plant some flowers if it needs it, but, uh, just something to make it, just clean it up and make it kind of pop, but no, yeah. don't go over the top. If you it. go over the top, it can actually deter people. Uh, Cause I've been in backyards where it's like, holy shit, this is cool. And then you, the, the people you're touring with are thinking, how am I going to maintain? Yeah. This? <laughs> yeah. Well, I wish we would have thought about that. I mean, we, we bought our house and I, we were the second owners here in Madison and there's so much landscaping, right? There's so much landscaping so that. There are plans in the basement from like 1968 when the house was built of the landscaping. They're like, you know, architecture landscaping plans that tell us what every bush is and all this stuff. But then we realized, I mean, it takes 40 hours to pull the weeds all the way around the house, like throughout all of those bushes and everything. And that's something that might have changed my opinion a little bit. It's something that you learn over time when you get into your first or second home. Yeah. Um, Just what you want to do. I remember leaving the last home thinking, man, I built this fire pit out back and it is awesome. But by the time the lady bought the house, there were weeds through it. It was like old stumps. (laughs) And uh, I drove by there the other day 
and uh, shamelessly, I did get out of my car and kind of go peek over the fence. Dang. I noticed that nobody was home. I used to live in that neighborhood. I know whose car's who and who's home and who's not. <laughs> and uh, oddly enough, she still has the fire pit. She's done a little bit of updating to it, but I'm glad that she kept it. I mean, that was a good space, you know? It's like... You re- you really put in the time and effort to make it look nice. It wasn't like you know I have a fire pit here. I would probably have to take it up before we moved because it's kind of janky. <laughs> it's, and I guess when you're thinking about moving to Nashville or what neighborhood you want to live in or where your next step is, whether it's you know you're having children, you need a bigger home, you just got this job, you need to be closer. A lot of people do think about you know what the next things are, or you know they kind of uh, position themselves where you know possibly some of their favorite local eateries are or you know this business is coming here or you know my headquarters is coming here do you have any tips for our listenership on uh like coming soon attractions or anything like that so there you know the pandemic has hit restaurants especially hard i feel like there's there's a bigger list of what has closed since march Mm -hmm. um but there are still restaurants coming um notably there is assembly hall which is the 100,000 square foot food hall that's going to be in 5th and Broad downtown which Holy I know Holy cow. Yeah, and it's uh I, I know it's kind of lame to be thinking about restaurants on Broadway, but it's going to be legit places that we like. Prince's, DeSano's, uh Pharmacy, um there's 20 restaurants, most of them are really good local places. What about Sabaro? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is that one still open on second? <laughs> yes, it is. It really? will never close. Uh, these restaurants you're talking about, they're not going to be like the airport restaurants though, right? Where everything's run by Cisco. It just has But the you name can't knock the airport anymore because that's something I'm legit looking forward to seeing the airport finish because many of those same restaurants are going to be in the airport and Cisco has gotten the boot. Oh, have I, they? If or rather the restaurants from what I understand, they don't have to use uh the the airport chosen oh. food provider wow you call it. is nashville huge. still in the airport no does that, that i don't think so oh man that was one of my favorite eateries <laughs> the one over there in midtown that midtown green hills airport uh anywhere i could get a deli that was a hmm. that was an authentic deli maybe they're hell i don't know i'm not sure if they're open or not in the airport but uh yeah and then what else in, in east nashville there's uh highland yards which we've, we've been waiting on it seems like they were about to announce some things, and then those people backed out in March. Um, They're getting a Publix. Getting a Publix. That's big. That yeah. is big. Uh, and then the, Do you think people base their home buying on the fact that there's a Publix in the neighborhood? I think it helps. Yeah. I we still own our helps. old house, and it's within walking distance from that Publix. So nice. we are – I'm excited. I think putting that in the MLS, walk to Publix, it's a quarter mile away. I think that is for sure a selling point. Yeah. Well, and plus, I think, th- are they going to put, like, a little liquor store? There's some other, like, shops they're going to put in there, They're putting too, a drive through Starbucks, which people were like, this is the end of East Nashville as we know it. And it's like, <laughs> you can't, it, it's also, people wanted Publix, people wanted Trader Joe's, but it, you can't have both ways, because when you get, like, the, the big chains in there like that, they have these little, like, the, you know, the little feeder fish that follow sharks, yep. like yep. Starbucks, and there's probably going to be some Cheney burrito place, which I'm okay with. You're going to get the other... I love Cheney burrito. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you get these ancillary businesses that uh, that just follow Publix or, or Trader Joe's. We'll and get a Target, right? That, yeah, I don't and know. And there's supposed to be a Target, it. like, every 11 miles or something? It's, like, written on Target's creed. I mean, there's <laughs> a Target about five miles from where we are. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So that's going to be interesting because, I mean, people will complain about Starbucks. I'm, I'm honestly interested to see how busy it will be over there because, I mean, there's already a ton of coffee shops in East Nashville. But none are drive through And people know. Sip Cafe. Yeah, Sip. You're right. You're right. And Sip has a good line in the morning. <laughs> yes, they do. And they're, Donut distillery? They are not super fast. Yeah. I, I think they got pretty good coffee. I haven't tried their coffee. I've never had their coffee either. I think Starbucks, I'm not a, like advocating for them, uh, but they will have a line. Um, and actually, uh, something that increases the value of your home, yep. Starbucks is listed as home prices increase faster when you're near a Starbucks. That's not Nashville you gotta specific. you got to be That's kidding me. That's interesting. But That's you know, on the listing? Yeah, but Starbucks does a lot of... Those corporations, Starbucks and Chipotle, do a whole lot of neighborhood investing. Like, they pull numbers and know how they want their neighborhoods to look that they put up their spots. You scroll down that Zillow listing and it says, you know, air conditioning, uh, basement, uh, you know, hardwood floors, Starbucks, Chipotle. (laughs) That's going to start infiltrating. You say that and I feel like I'm moving not somewhere in East Nashville. It it sounds like (laughs) somewhere else. Yeah, I think we're supposed to get a Chipotle out here towards Rivergate or something. So we're uh, really? we're moving on up, yes. Dang, I'm a Qdoba guy. Yeah, I, I like a Qdoba. Ch- I like a Moe's. Chipotle. Mm. Old boy always called those cold burritos. Did he? Yeah, which I think they're good. Cold burritos. What's a co- <laughs> that means there's too much lettuce and cheese in it. Is this gonna be the real estate slash burrito podcast? <laughs> It could be I mean, in I the am, future. It is lunchtime, and I'm getting a little hungry. <laughs> All right, Justin Floyd, before we get out of here, is uh, tell, our, tell our listenership how they can find you if they're moving to Nashville, if they listen to us on a daily basis, which I hope you do, other than mom and uh, a couple of our friends. But if you are looking to buy a house currently or looking to sell your home, this is one of the hottest real estate agents out there in Nashville. He doesn't have a commercial on 104.5 The Zone. He doesn't have one of those stupid-looking commercials on TV. He is underground, but you can find him. I have a T-shirt. He has a ton of swag. It's Justin Floyd Holmes. Justin, tell us how we can find you. Socials, everything. All the socials, Justin Floyd Holmes and JustinFloydHolmes.com. That you can find me. Yeah. Do they get any kind of a discount? Uh, Yes. We'll talk about that later. Can we use you as a sponsor? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you mention our name, you get 10% off your house. (laughs) (laughs) Don't hold us to that. Well, we really appreciate you guys for uh, tuning in this week. As always, find us uh, anywhere, Raising Nashville Podcast, RaisingNashvillePodcast.com. All of our episodes are streaming. We're back every Monday. We hope you guys have a great week. Get out there and, uh, I don't know, sell a house. Yes. Oh, talking to me or them? (laughs) Father wears his Sunday best Mother's tired, she needs a rest The kids are playing up downstairs Sister's sighing in her sleep Brother's got a date to keep you cottoning around Our house in the middle of our street Our house in the middle of our Our house, it has a crowd There's always something happening and it's usually quite loud